Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk right here. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All right, folks, here we go. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. It's hour number two, Sirius 159. And along the platforms of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Thanks to Chris Pavona back in New York. Does great work for us. Helping us along our merry way. It's going to be a fun second hour with Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. Mark joins us every Wednesday. The information spectacular. Talk college football and the NFL. That will be our focus with one Mr. Lawrence. A lot of cool things going on around town here. Friends downtown at the Golden Nugget. You know, the rodeos are coming to town. And they're going to have three nightly WNFR viewings in the Grand Ballroom, December 2nd to the 11th. So if you're into the rodeo, they got cool things. And then they got the concerts wrapped around that. Jody Messina, Ray Wiley Hubbard, Ronnie Millsap, Jamie Johnson, and more. And tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. Lunchtime, our friends over at John Smith Subs 9701 West Flamingo. They got you covered. Mondays and Thursdays, wear football garb in there. Feed you for the football games on Monday and Thursday night. 20% off your order there. All right, Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. And man alive, what a time of year. We're trying to get back on the beam, see what happens in the NFL if we get to a dose of normalcy after what we saw last Sunday. But yesterday, we get college hoops that comes right out of the gate. More than 70 games. And it's fun watching the mid-majors get their early season kick at some of the big boys. We saw Akron against 17th-ranked Ohio State. And that was a great game. I mean, that was like March Madness right out of the gate. I mean, full marks to these kids. Akron had the lead. Ohio State fought back. Ohio State's got a three-point lead. Looks like they're home and cooled. All of a sudden, now you come down with like 20 seconds to go. And do you attack the rim and you get the basket? And you're down two if you're Akron. And then you foul, extending the game. Or do you try to get try to get, get the two to be down one, foul, and then have another chance? Or do you go for the three? And then should Ohio State foul? Turns out they should have. You get a step back three, and the kid gets fouled. He makes it. He flushes it. Makes the foul shot. And then Ohio State, six seconds left out of their own basket, down a point. Everybody's shocked. Inbound play, they run up to midcourt. Timeout, 3.2 to go. And they run one of the best plays you'll ever see and basically get a layup at the buzzer and win the game. And you're sitting there going, yeah, I know, I know Duke, Kentucky, and... Kansas and Michigan State are part of this menu, but that was awesome. And now you start wondering, well, you know, how about some of these conferences? We're starting a brand new season. And I love the MAC. My favorite conference in college basketball is the A-10. So I'm flipping around last night. I have friends, dear friends, down in Olean, New York. So I'm a you know, big backer of uh, St. Bonaventure. 
And the Bonnies actually start the season number 23 in the country. And they've kept that team together. They have four guys that are in the top 100 of scoring. And they got a shot blocker who's exceptional in the center. And they were just clowning around against Siena in the first half. And then in the second half, they went on like an NBA run. But it's just so much fun to start to try to figure out who these teams are and you'll find certain teams that you'll saddle up to. I've got a bunch of teams I usually play, you know, year after year after year. And more often than not, their style of play kind of reaps rewards. I, I like a team like Hofstra. Hofstra's a high-scoring team. You don't play them blindly all the time. But it behooves you to focus on some conferences or some select teams. And it doesn't mean you necessarily play on them every night. You sit there and go... Yeah, I can see the signs of, yeah, the way they usually like to play it will work tonight, but there are times when you know that team. If you're leery about playing them, then you can ride them the other way. So there's so many options that are out there. And we get college hoops right out of the gate this afternoon. Uh, listen, if last night, and I, you can't, every game's a snowflake, you don't necessarily draw this parallel. But you had Akron from the MAC, who was one of the, Top teams in the MAC preseason took Ohio State to the buzzer. You've got Buffalo, who's one of the preseason teams, top teams in the MAC with a couple of all MAC selections. They're catching 12 and a half at Michigan. That's a 3:30 tip. So, I mean, do you go on the you know the MAC teams against the Big Ten, or does Michigan put the Sasquatch foot on them? But it's the Rubik's cube, and then you look at all the games that are coming up. I'm fired up about college basketball. I mean, it is literally. With all that we've got at our fingertips right now, the NBA, the NHL, college football turning for home, second half of the NFL season. Now we're just throwing another briquette on the proverbial fire. What a time of year, man. Just good stuff. College hoops coming up this afternoon. Going to run home watch some of that. But we're going to run to a break because we want to get to it quickly so we can quickly get back. Mark Lawrence is going to join us. PlaybookSports.com. We do the deep dive with Mark. The information spectacular. We'll touch on the NFL and college football. We're glad you're with us. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget our friends at Oasis 4955 South Decatur. The great gaming promotions. And the great Monday Night Maniacs football party over at Oasis. Back to Vegas in a moment. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. Future manned space missions to the moon and Mars will have amazing new technology. Yes, washing machines in space! Limited water on the International Space Station means astronauts actually have no way to do laundry. They're supplied with clean clothes, but because of weight restrictions, they have to wear the same stuff over and over and over again until... Stinky. They literally toss it out an airlock to burn up in Earth's atmosphere! Now, NASA and Procter & Gamble's Tide are developing space-friendly laundry detergent. Yes, there will be laundromats on the moon and Mars because... In space, nobody wants to smell your dirty laundry. Follow me at Chica Palvo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this!
We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. We're back with you here. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. And a treat when Mark Lawrence Playbook Sports can join us. The Midweek Alert, the newsletter. The magazine's still worth its weight in gold. The coffee club, all the cool information. And we're fired up. Mark, it's just going to be a a weekend of football, Mark. The ponies are behind us. But, boy, what a fun Breeders' Cup. <laughs> yeah, that was a real fun Breeders' Cup, uh, to say the least, and a, a great classic race uh, also to cap it all off. And I think everybody got their money's worth for sure this Breeders' Cup. Oh, aloha, West, my friend. Aloha, Mark. Aloha. Aloha. Uh, aloha, aloha, West. <laughs> oh, he, he, my daymaker, Aloha, West, in the sprint. Yeah, it's fun, fun to have a great day. That was great. But we're ready for football. And I know you are, and we'll start NFL Cleveland and New England, and I think it's the game of the week, Mark, because what it may mean down the road, you can see these two teams can see, and I'm not discounting either's chances, keeping this going and winning divisions. I do believe there are a lot of reasons against them to win their divisions, but in terms of the wild card race, the winner of this game gets a decided edge, and we may be talking about it in about eight weeks. This sort of has the smell of a playoff game in itself. You wouldn't be surprised if these two teams maybe even met in the playoffs if they keep working hard like they're doing right now. New England's on a real nice winning run here, three wins and covers in a row. The Browns got off the schneid and back into it last week, and it's my feeling, Brian, a lot like what we saw before, that I think the Cleveland Browns may make a move and will be much better off without Odell Beckham, much like they did last year. When Beckham got injured and couldn't play, that's when the Browns surged. And I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, this year, and it started last week. I think this would be a heck of a football game. And I'll be interested to see where the number settles in because of uh, Nick Chubb being in COVID right now. I'm sure he'll have some sort of an impact on it. But Cleveland's still this old pounding-on-the-ground Bill Parcells-type football team. And uh, if it's not Chubb, they'll bring in running back numbers two, three, and four. Yeah, I mean, that running game's spectacular, but got to keep those guys healthy. But that's Cleveland's story this year. They're a mash unit. But what about the job Belichick's doing with the Patriots? Yeah, he's doing an exceptional job this year. And, uh, you know, maybe everybody had written him off after Tom Brady left uh, last football season. They they went into decline. But uh, he, made, he struck gold. He got a nugget in Mac Jones. And uh, it's really, really carrying this football team right now. Uh, they're going to go home right now and change roles, if you will, change roles into a favorite here, into a football team that may be able to take advantage of them this particular week. Uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. And, uh, you know, what Cleveland saw from the Lincoln last week, they won't see this week because that's what Belichick is a master of, is disguising and changing those defenses. So it will be up to the Cleveland quarterback Baker Mayfield and the coaches to be able to adapt to a Bill Belichick scheme. We saw it last week, Mark. I mean, the strangest... NFL Sunday, honestly, I can remember in a very, very long time. And the moral of the story is the banana peels are out there. And Tennessee's the flavor of the month, and deservedly so, beating the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and then going in and stomping on the Rams. 
and everybody's ready to throw a parade for him, and here comes a tough New Orleans defense. An angry New Orleans defense on top of it. Uh, you know, after the way they lost the football game last week, they were outplayed the whole game, came back and took the lead, and then gave it up at the very end. So you may end up seeing a more focused New, England, New Orleans football team in this particular matchup. And those victories by Tennessee, as you mentioned here, uh, just coincidentally, they were all four in the role of an underdog. And now they're going to what? change roles this particular week. So we'll see what happens, whether or not Tennessee can shift back and handle the role of a favorite against an angry New Orleans football team. But I'm with you. I like the Saints coming into this football contest. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting week to week. The other one, listen, the Chargers, they go on the road. And the funny thing is, I was a big fan of the Chargers last week. I mean, they're the better football team. They had to work to get it, but laying one and a half at Philly. Then they're going home, and now they're laying three. Minnesota is actually, Mark, a good football team that just constantly has these self-inflicted wounds. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be occasions where they step up and reward you. No, it doesn't. Uh, ask Anthony Lynn that with the Chargers, and uh, they're playing reminisc- reminiscent about the Chargers used to be in every football game they played, and they just couldn't find a way to have more points on the scoreboard at the end than their opponent. Seven of their eight football games from Minnesota thus far this football season have been decided by eight or fewer points with three overtime games. So I'm sure Mike Zimmer would like nothing more than to change that mantra here, ASAP. It's good that he's competitive, but he has to learn how to put that foot on the pedal here. I think there's an ideal spot for Minnesota this particular week. Uh, coming off the loss, the Chargers off the East Coast win, coming back home where, as you know, they don't get a lot of fan support in Los Angeles these days. Um, so I'm going to take a look at the Minnesota in the football game. I think them plus the points would be the right side of this game. Is it just the nature of the beast, Mark? You know, it is what it is. It's the game. It's the way it's played. It's a passing game for the most part now. Or what we're dealing with is that these teams are consistently inconsistent. Well, you know, I think what you find at the very top, it's like every year you'll find uh, the cream at the top, you'll find the dregs at the bottom, and everywhere in between you'll find all of this inconsistency, as you mentioned here. Some weeks good, some weeks bad, uh, some head-scratching weeks like that, and we're getting that out of some of these football teams, Minnesota in particular. You know, they're they're not anywhere near being an elite team. They're nowhere near, near being a dreg of the league, but we're finding a lot of inconsistency that way, and it does make for uh, a little bit of a tougher handicap, except when they develop a persona by the public in Vegas in that they're all of a sudden losing games and losing to the spread, and then you can take advantage of a point spread uh, value going your way in a situation like this. So every time Minnesota loses a football game, more value comes their way, and I think that's the case this particular week. You know, the one thing, Mark, I'm just be curious, it's more of a, a big-picture thing with you uh, in terms of looking down the road. I said, whatever, two weeks ago. The Chiefs, 14-1. to 1. Yeah, they're a basket case. They're awful. They're, they're like, well, what makes you think they're going to turn around? Well, back, we're horse racing guys. Back class means something. Okay. Yeah, 13-6, ugly. So what? They won. You know, they barely beat the Giants. Probably should have lost. But all of a sudden, here they are. They're playing for first place. And the second half of the season could be a completely different animal. And I'm telling you, I really believe this, and I, I want to get your opinion. I think in time... Indianapolis is a really dangerous football team 
shoot themselves in the foot. Wentz wasn't a hundred percent. He gave away the Rams game. He did, and, you know. Then Stafford turned into Wentz the other night against the Titans. But Indy's given games away. If they get their act together, the hard part's going to be getting their toe in the water. But if they do, that's the one team I would want no part of in the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot of potential with the Colts this football season here. What you're going to have to ask is Carson Wentz to become a steady quarterback. And you don't get that from him a lot. You didn't see a lot of it in his later days at Philadelphia, and he's up and down so far with the Colts thus far this football season. If he begins to level off and play good, consistent football, they can be just that, this Colts team. They're very, very good, very talented, very well coached. But, you know, again, they fit that middle run we just talked about, this uh, inconsistency up and down. And here they are coming off the big win. Now they're going to end up laying you know, a handful, of, a double handful of points here to Jacksonville this week. We'll see whether or not they can handle that. Uh, you mentioned Matthew Stafford and his poor performance play last week. Well, I think a lot of that is because the guy's injured. I mean, he's got a back injury, and he played through that. A lot of what we see in Carson Wentz when he's not performing well has been largely because of injuries. So it's like a racehorse, man. You want him to be 100% healthy to be able to make your play when he's 100% healthy. Yeah, and you want to let him go out of the starting gate, and then you'd like to be able to bet on him, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com, The Coffee Club, The Midweek Alert, The Newsletter, The Coffee Club. The information is spectacular. Great friend of the program, Mark Lawrence. We love talking football with Mark. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159 in the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your daily numbers game. NFL, FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, BetMGM, the whole panoply of gaming operations and their deals going very well, you would expect with the NFL. But here's a new one. Aristocrat Gaming, 90 countries, 300 jurisdictions, branded NFL games across all casino floors as early as the 2023 season, which will give an opportunity not just to generate increased revenue and excitement, but obviously more bets on a regular basis because these gamblers will have the opportunity to, quote, support their favorite team, even if it's just branding. And the NFL has jumped all in with all aspects of gaming now, 2023, and way beyond. Sports Professor Riccaro, Daily Numbers Game. We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. All right, we're going through the college football lines. Busy, busy Saturday in college football's on the way. And we turn to our friend Mark Lawrence, playbooksports.com. 
without further ado. Mark, tell them about all the goodies and all the great information that's out there, and then we'll have at it, friend. Yeah, we've got uh, three really, really good uh, newsletter publications that will serve you well this particular weekend. One is our Playbook Football Newsletter. It's had a great season thus far this year. Our Midweek Alert Middle of the Week Newsletter, a statistical newsletter, and our Playbook Totals Tip Sheet, the only Totals Tip Sheet in the country. They're all available online when you log on at playbooksports.com. Or if you happen to be in Vegas and you're listening to this, you can visit our friends over at the Gamblers Book Club to pick up copies as well. All right, Mark. Let's get after it. There's a lot on the docket. Uh, Let's go to, how about Boston College and Georgia Tech? And you're looking at a good game on paper here. This number, we get uh, Georgia Tech about a two-point favorite, total of 54. Yeah, I think you're going to end up seeing this number run to Boston College here. Uh, one, because uh, their quarterback came back last week, and Phil Jerkovic, he's a transfer from Notre Dame who broke his hand earlier in the year and was struggling, was said to be coming back hopefully for a bowl game. And lo and behold, he made an appearance last week and started the football game and keyed Boston College to their victory. He wasn't outstanding, but he was steady in the football game. And I think as long as Jerkovic is behind center here, you're going to see some support for the Eagles in this football game. Uh, He's a big 6'5 pro-style quarterback who's going to be drafted uh, if he decides to come out this year. So I think that's one of the reasons he's back is to maybe show his wares in this particular football game. But I like to make up this Boston College football team. I think they're gritty, they're gutty, they're in their role. That is a conference road dog. Michigan and Penn State, Mark, and we talked about some cool angles, the old bubble burst theory, and the question is, which one do you saddle up to? And, you know, one of them was SMU, and it worked. Got to give Michigan credit. They avoided the bubble burst after the loss to Michigan State, and now they're going to Penn State. Basically, the game's a pick A lot of places do have Michigan a one-point favorite. Total on the game is 48-and-a-half, and they know they got the, the two uh, dates remaining, but a couple of weeks away is Ohio State. What do you make of this Big Ten matchup? Well, I think he hit it right on the head, Brian. You mentioned Michigan bubble burst, but they uh, did not burst. And when you find that in our well-oiled machine, those football teams continued on their positive road thereafter. So you bubble burst, you lose your perfect season, you come back and you win. You more times off of the night win again. That favors Michigan in this particular football game. And uh, what I like in this game here is uh, in Michigan, uh, we can knock Jim Harbaugh all we want, and there's a lot of roles in which we can do that. But one of them we cannot do is when he takes on a team and he has the better record and he's coming off a win. He's been outstanding in his career. He's 40-8 and eight straight up in this particular role. He's in a win situation against Penn State today. And I personally believe that James Franklin will be petitioning and, and fighting hard for the LSU football job, and I think that's going to end up being a distraction for this football program. And that being the case, I'm going to back Michigan in this contest here to continue their winning ways here once again this week. Mark, would you deem it similar, a, a team that avoids the bubble burst and then keeps going? Could you draw the same sort of parallels? I love doing this stuff with you, all these different angles, and then we kind of talk about stuff and go, hey, wait a minute, that maybe that makes sense too. What about a team like Texas A&M? They're laying two and a half at Mississippi, and the total on the game is 55 and a half. But along the lines of what you're talking about, a team with that solid constitution, right, where they avoided the bubble burst and you say they'll keep going. Texas A&M beats Alabama. 
And you're going, well, come on. I mean, that's the letdown spot to the moon. And no, they, they beat Missouri. They beat South Carolina. And then they, you know, a gritty, ugly game. They beat Auburn. But they didn't suffer the letdown. It, or could you draw parallels to those two types of situations? Well, that's a great question you ask because not only are there letdowns for bubble bursts when perfect seasons are ruined, there's also letdowns for teams that pull the rug out on perfect teams. And as you said, A&M did not do that in their game against Alabama. That's a strong indicator that you got a really good football team here in the making. And you know, not only knocking off Alabama, but every game thereafter has put this team right on path where they should have been. Uh, their loss against Mississippi State was crippling because uh, it came on the heels of their first loss of the football season here. Now, they're going to Ole Miss this particular week here. And I'm not a big Lane Kiffin fan, as you know, but I think this is a good spot for Mississippi here this particular weekend against A&M. Uh, I like them at home. I like them taking points. And this is also a game that sort of puts Mississippi back on the map. Remember in the beginning of the season, preseason top 25 football team, they're scratching and clawing. They're still in the hunt that way this year. I think A&M's got to bring their A game in here because Mississippi is awfully strong, especially at home. This is a matchup of two potentially good offenses here, and I'm going to back Kiffin and the Rebels in this game. All right, I called my shot last week before I got the newsletter, and I remember telling Stevie, I said, I know, Mark, I'll guarantee he's doing this. And I just look at the menu of games, and I go, I got a funny feeling I know where Mr. Lawrence is going to be going in a certain game. All right, my 200-1 future it was fun while it lasted, but Michigan State said they were walking into the buzzsaw, letdown spot against Michigan. Now they're back home, laying 12 and a half to Maryland, the total 61 and a half. But I'm looking at it and going, that's got a big old bubble wrapped around it. I'm assuming Mr. Lawrence is saying uh, Maryland might be the play here. Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> this is a Michigan State football team that's sort of been uh... – Nice and easy to gauge this year. You know they kind of comply with the with the theories and the thoughts of how things should be happening. You mentioned that big effort against Michigan State. Or I'm sorry, against Michigan that football game, and so they carry on, move forward. Now they've had their bubble burst. So and the key being that you had your bubble burst as a favorite, and you're coming back as a favorite in the next football game. We'll see whether or not they can continue on that way. They've only lost to the spread two times thus far this football season. The Terps aren't much, I will say that. But this is all an anti-Michigan State football play, if you will, coming into this football contest here. And you got Maryland scratching and clawing here also themselves, looking to become bowl eligible. They need one more win along the way. They've got Michigan up next week, and then Rutgers to close out the season on the road. So I think you're going to get a good effort from Maryland in this game, and it wouldn't surprise me if they take Michigan State right down to the wire. Mark, I know you got the well-oiled machine, but you know you still have to have the human flair and put that touch on it, right? And there are teams that you kind of rally around, fall in love with. And I'm telling you, Virginia's been that team for me this year. I've been playing them in the first half. You play them over the total. And it's been an ATM machine. They didn't let me down against BYU. Big rally, by the way, to get that first half W in the game. They scored a gazillion points. Now they're hosting Notre Dame. They're going to catch a field goal in the first half. The weather looks good, and Virginia's coming off a bye. Notre Dame's got the weight of expectations. I'm playing Virginia in the first half, and I'm playing the over in the game. But does Virginia have something for them at the end of the game is the question. 
Well, you know, what they're going to try and do, obviously, is to get Notre Dame to uh, step up the pace and come and play their style of football. They, they'll love doing just that. They're the number one ranked team in overall defense, or overall offense, I should say, in college football this year, averaging 544 yards a game, which means Notre Dame is going to have to go up and put their defense to work. And this defense is really average at best for Notre Dame. They're, they're allowing right now 370 yards a game on the season. That's not your typical Brian Kelly-like defense. Here. I think this is a bad spot for Notre Dame to have to walk into this week. They just cracked the top ten in the college football playoff ranking. What goes up usually comes down, and it wouldn't surprise me if Virginia pulls the rug out on the Irish this Saturday. All right, right here, our backyard. Hawaii is at UNLV laying three in some places, three and a half in others. The total on the game is 57. So the question would be, and I don't know how big this database uh, or the sample size would be, you know, UNLV last won a football game when Moses was wearing short pants. All right, UNLV gets a win. Is it a letdown spot? Or, you know, it's, they've struggled for wins. I don't know how you have a letdown, but they've tried so hard. They finally get a win, Mark. Is this a bad spot for UNLV? Well, it's a bad spot for UNLV, if for no other reason, Brian, because they're on the road after the win. And this is not particularly UNLV's role anyway, winning back-to-back football, I should say, on the road. Uh, what, what they are is they're coming in a football game off the win right. against, a fo- against a football team that uh, will go toe-to-toe with them. It's not a good role for UNLV this particular week. And Hawaii owns this series uh, to the spread anyway. They're 15-9 and nine the last uh, 24 football games. Uh, I think it's difficult, really difficult for UNLV to throw up two consecutive wins in a row in a situation like this. And not that Hawaii's much. They're not much of anything at all. But this is a step-up-and-show-it-to-me opportunity for UNLV, and I just don't know if they've got the horses. Give me uh, – we can get this one more in here. Arizona State – let's go Pac-12. Arizona State of Washington. And Sun Devils are laying five-and-a-half on the road. Pretty low total of 44-and-a-half. Arizona State looks like they may be back to the Arizona State. We saw the first half of the football season here. They played a complete game last week in Washington. They may be unraveling, and this might be a short-term, live term for Jimmy Lake. Uh, I don't like what he did last week. In fact, he's not even going to be here for the game. He got suspended for his actions in the field for hitting one of his players. Uh, sort of like, uh, sort of like, uh, if you will, Bobby Knight throwing the chair at somebody. <laughs> yeah, sort of like that. Uh, sort of like Woody Hayes, except he hit his own player. You know. <laughs> Remember I that? Like it was Ari- ten minutes ago. Yes, I do. I, but I do like Arizona State. I think they're the class, the better team, and the better team wins games like this. All right. I don't know what I did five minutes ago, but Woody Hayes. They were playing Clemson, right? That's correct. Ah, see, there you go. Hey, great information, Mark Lawrence. PlaybookSports.com. Coming back on Vegas. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents This Date in Sports History. Marvelous! Marvelous! Hagler! 1983, Marvelous Marvin Hagler retains his world middleweight boxing title with a 15-round unanimous decision over Roberto Duran. He wouldn't come at me the way how we planned, so I had to change up. That's what a mark of a good fighter, that you can still change up in the inside. A lot of fighters can't. They're throwing off stride. For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demerges.
There's knowing how to play the game. And then there's knowing how the game is played. We are the second part. Some call it strategy, but we just call it the edge. Come and get it. Your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Talking college football with our pal Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, from the AM1400 KSHP Studios in Las Vegas. Diving right back into the busy menu of games. Uh, let's just first talk about the college football playoff rankings, Mark. Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State as of today. Your top four, Cincinnati at number five, then Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State rounding out your top ten. What do you make of it? Well, I think the question you ask yourself today is who will obviously be there at the final poll, who will make up that final four teams, and I think three of those four teams are sitting in there right now, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. I don't believe Oregon's going to make it, uh, one, because of the uh, the Pac-12 being who they are, and I don't know if they can stay undefeated moving out, moving forward if they don't make it. Who becomes that fourth team on that Mount Rushmore list here this year? And I would think the leading contenders would be Michigan, who will have to win, obviously, uh, not only this game at Penn State, but the Big Ten uh, conference game, because if they don't, they'll have two losses, so they could very easily play themselves out. Looks like Oklahoma is the most likely guy to do just that because one, he's undefeated here right now, and if he takes, if he stays undefeated and loses in the Big Twelve championship game, that still may be enough to get Oklahoma in the mix here. So, I would say it's between Oklahoma and Oregon for that fourth and final spot in the top four. Well, let's talk about Oregon laying thirteen and a half, fourteen points at home to Washington State. The total on the game is fifty-seven and a half. Earlier in the year. Oregon gets a big win over Ohio State. And then uh, all of a sudden you're laying a number on the road against Stanford. It didn't work out for them. The pressure got to them. What do you make of them at this time of year? Well, Oregon's a type of football team to me that, uh, unlike the Ohio States or the, or the, you know, the Alabamas, the Georgias, these teams that are really solidly locked into the top four positions, you never know what you're going to get from Oregon each week, week in and week out. Not that uh, I don't think they're primed for an upset this particular game, but I believe you're going to get a good effort from Washington State, who has really played some good football since um, Nick Rolovich was let go because of the uh, because of the vaccination issue. There, they've done nothing but cash tickets. They're two and one straight up and three and zero oh to the spread. Washington State. This is the kind of a football team I think Oregon does not need to play right now this particular week. I'm going to play the Cougars plus the points in this contest. All right, and this is a game you have to ask Mark Lawrence about and that Central Florida against SMU um, you know not wishing ill will on anybody but we you know we faded SMU on the bubble burst theory and Memphis got him does SMU regroup here laying a touchdown at home to UCF that's a real good question here because uh, I don't, you know, laying a touchdown with a defense like SMU has in their season in the rearview mirror. I'm saying that uh, just given the fact that right. uh, one their bubble was burst and two a second loss occurred. Uh, you know, they're just playing for the best bowl that they will probably get, and it won't be a major bowl. So, 
uh, on the other side of the coin, you've got a UCF team that uh, is Gus Malzahn coach. He's been there. He's done just that before. I'm going to grab the points here with the goal, uh, with the Knights from UCF in this contest here. I think SMU is overrated to begin with, and I, I'll continue to keep phasing them until they cash a ticket. Uh, maybe an unfair question. I apologize in advance. But the bubble burst is such a thing that the next week you fade the team because they had their heart ripped out of their chest. Any idea when that bubble burst theory works, how many times it extends to a third week? Well, there is, you know, there's a play within that, and uh, it's basically, you know, if you lose once, you're going to lose twice in the bubble burst. If you lose twice again, you don't want any piece of that football team because, you know, their season has really, really come to a close. Uh, hence, SMU in a football game like this. So I will not lay points with teams that had a bubble burst. They failed to win and cover the following game. They're favored in that third leg of this situation here. Uh, you want to fade those football teams, and that's one of the reasons I'll fade SMU. All right. We mentioned Texas A&M earlier, uh, number 11 in the country, not suffering the letdown after the win over Alabama, but we did not talk about their game specifically with Ole Miss. Uh, Texas A&M laying two and a half on the road. The total is 55 and a half. Yeah, this is a, a football game here. Uh, we hit on it a little bit earlier here, but uh, I'm going to stay with Ole Miss in this football contest here. Uh, I know they've had some ugly records uh, in conference home dog situations. They've lost 11 games in a row straight up on the scoreboard doing just that. So why should this Mississippi football team be any different? Uh, but I think this is a kind of a game that uh, just a gut feel, not not from the uh, oil machine at all, but uh, you're looking at a team here in A&M that's been uh, or I'm sorry, in uh, Ole Miss that's been very fortuitous thus far this football season here, ranking number one in turnover margin per game. And you know what they say, turnovers favor the fortunate, and that's gone particularly well uh, for Ole Miss thus far this football season here. I think uh, I think they're going to show up in this football game. It's a bigger game for Ole Miss than it is A&M, and I'll play the Rebels plus the points here. All right, Mark. Ohio State fought their way back after the loss against Oregon, and you alluded to the last few weeks, you know, starting to find their stride and maybe a team you – before the season, you said this is not the great Ohio State teams we've been accustomed to in the past. You nailed that at the beginning of the year. I know recently you said, I wouldn't want to get in front of them, but they're laying 20-and-a-half against Purdue, who just pulls off the upset of Michigan State. But the Buckeyes haven't covered in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, it's been uh, you know a little bit of that roller coaster ride for Ohio State. That kind of goes to the adage or, or the, the belief was that they're not this monster football team, you know, that everybody believed them to be. Uh, we saw that in the Penn State football game. We saw it in the Nebraska football game. That's two straight games, two wins, no covers by the Buckeyes here. And, you know, they've got Michigan State and Michigan up on deck. They had better come focused in this game because this is what Purdue lives and thrives for. Jeff Brom is a terrific coach as an underdog, and he's terrific in revenge. He's got the combination of the two factors working here right now. I think this is a little bit of a tad of a high football number because of where Ohio State ranks these days. Purdue makes it back into the top 25, and the, uh, they're the highest-ranking first team in the new college football playoff poll this week. They slotted at number 19. I think Purdue comes in here with a lot of confidence, and I'll play them plus the points against the Buckeyes. All right, I got to do a little more work on this, but I know you already did. That's why I'm going to ask you. Arkansas laying two and a half at LSU, totals 59. Arkansas has won a couple in a row. LSU. 
they give Bama all they can handle, you know, expend a lot of energy in that game. I, I Again, I got to do a little more work in this. Just I look at it, and it, and it's not a great LSU team. It just doesn't look like a good spot to me. Well, it's not a great LSU team, but you know, you take the first four games that Arkansas opened the season up with four wins and covers, out yarding everybody in those football games, and you take them out of where they are right now. The only other win going into that Mississippi State game uh, was Pine Bluff. Last, was Pine Bluff, exactly right. So, you know, what has Arkansas done of late here as well? I don't know if they warrant being favorites in a football game like this. And my other belief is uh, sometimes they're better off not watching a football team play like LSU because they don't look very good. But you know in, in your in your gut that they're, they're playing for Ed Ogeron here. They want to get Ed Ogeron to a bowl game to end his career at LSU. They're coming up as a home dog in this football contest here. And if you look at Arkansas uh, as road favorites, my goodness, uh, this is not a role that, yeah. they, that they do real well in six straight losses in a row, laying points on the road. I'm going to stay at home with LSU and make Arkansas prove it to me. Okay. How about the total in the game market? So let's call 59 the consensus. Breath of fresh air that you're not playing, you know, you're not going against a team like uh, Bama. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the intensity in the game maybe is nowhere near what you went through last week. On both sides, could that produce points? Well, if you look at the makeup of these two football teams in Arkansas, you've got a team whose defense is good. Their offense is fairly good. I mean, they rank 22nd in the country. That makes you know that's their half of the equation to get to that total here. LSU's defense is a little bit slippery, and their offense is okay, not good. Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong opinion to the football contest. I think you are the better over-under guy, and whatever you say, I listen to. So well, you're probably I, asking the wrong guy here. You know, I just think, you know, like, let's say, at a hockey game, you know, Vegas returns from a, a long road trip, right? That first game home's tough to play, and if you're... Yes. If you're not focused, it shows up with lack of defensive intensity. I mean, they scored goals, but they gave up a bunch of opportunities, too. I, I, I would think, you know, the week after playing Bama, maybe it does kind of open up and maybe you get a boatload of points. Yeah, I'd say the over might be the sneaky way to go. And you get a deflated total because LSU played the low-scoring game last week. All right. Um, how about Nevada and San Diego State, Mark? Uh, what's going on here in the Mountain West? San Diego State laying 2.5, total in the game 46.5. I, I like San Diego State. I just don't like the way the way this number is run. It opened up Vegas, uh, Nevada one in the football game, and uh, I was sort of hoping it would run to Nevada's side because I think San Diego State is the right side of this football contest here. Uh, it's a huge battle uh, between these two teams in the Mountain West West Division uh, for first place. And uh, you've got, I think, at San Diego State, a nice live home dog in a football game like this. I was all over Nevada early on in the football season here, uh, but I'm I'm starting to see some uh, some threads unravel here, if you will, for the Wolfpack. And right now, you've got the number six rushing defense in the country and the number ten scoring defense in the country in the Aztecs on a home field, where they do nothing but win football games with the division title on the line here. I got to look at San Diego State in the game. I think this line move was the right move. And then, for the most part, Mark, we'll call it your backyard. With Miami and Florida State, Miami two and a half point favorite, won three in a row. Uh, the total on the game is sixty and a half. What these games used to be um, is the stuff you write 
books about and do documentaries on. And, you know, neither team is what they were back then, but is this one of these things that don't matter, throw the records out? It sort of is because uh, it was always about the recruiting, uh, this football game. You know, the team who won the game would uh, score better than the other team uh, when recruiting comes around. I don't know if that's the case here right now. Manny Diaz is focusing largely uh, down in South Florida on local recruits. Uh, he's lost a lot of recruits here during that slump that they had that uh, 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 I should say, what's the word? Declaimed themselves from. Uh, they signed others, and they, now they're changing their opinions about Miami. I don't trust Manny Diaz laying points away from home. I really don't. Not that I'm a keen Florida State football fan here, but this is a game where Mike Norvell might be the head, better head coach here against Manny Diaz. Norvell was reputed to be a coaching genius. But he has improved that way at Florida State, and it's largely because of the recruiting. But he, I think he outcoaches Manny Diaz here, and I think he picks up the win. All right, Mark, do the deep dive on this one for me. Alabama laying 51-and-a-half against New Mexico. You kidding me? These guys do this crap every year. I think it's absolutely sickening to see this. Uh, you know, it, it's a $2 million game for New Mexico State, and it's a scrimmage for Alabama. It shouldn't happen this time of the football season here. And Alabama could win this football game 50 to nothing, Brian, and they're still not going to get the money. Unbelievable. Okay? Hey, I, 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 I'm just being facetious. It's ridiculous. They do. Playbooksports.com, Mark, give them the skinny. Real easy. Everything we do, all the newsletters online at playbooksports.com, just in time for the weekend or in Vegas at our friends at the Gamblers Book Club. As always, Mark, you brought your A game, and we can't wait to do it again with you next week. Have a great weekend on the football wars and check it out playbooksports.com thank you mark have a great day in my pleasure brian you and stevie have a great weekend guys. all right we're coming right back to vegas on vegas sportsbook radio series 159 and the sports grid radio network the morning after i have to give carmelo anthony a lot of love right now he's 32 to 1 for six man of the year and i don't know why jordan clarkson has been horrible he's not winning this award hero and harold all deserve to be in front of carmelo anthony He's 32 to 1. You get that guy still in the mix, a month of basketball left, the hedge opportunities will make you blush. It's the morning after with Ben Stevens. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, on the home of the winning edge. The Sports Grid Radio Network. search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All right, wrapping up Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Series 159. Scott Farrell coming up top of the hour on the network. Sports Radio Network, and on AM 1400 KSHP, KSHP.com, we have a listen live function there. If you're a hockey fan, hope you'll check it out. We'll be doing Vegas Hockey Highland with our buddy Jason Pothier from Simbin.Vegas, and uh, that's coming up, as we'll have another hour focused on hockey, and we're looking forward to that, and we're racing towards the top of the hour. I'll tell you, because it's the kind of guy I am, now, tonight, watch it tonight be the night. 
that this this thing gets the trend gets bucked. But in the NHL tonight, Minnesota's playing Arizona. Arizona is got awful. Minnesota, really good hockey team, laying two thirty on the road. But early on in the season, you look for these things and you try to identify them. And you run their course. It's been going great, guns. So I'm bringing it up now, and tonight will be the night it ends. Minnesota's next game's at Vegas. I think they'll get off to a good start on the trip. They won't take these guys for granted, and they know they got a tough game coming up. So yeah, they're a big favorite. You're not laying 230. The only way you would play Minnesota in this game is if you played them on the puck line. But the total on the game is five and a half. Minnesota is ten and one over under. They are over. At home, they are an under team on the road. If you played Minnesota that way so far this year, you have gone 10 and 1. And they're on the road tonight. And if this one stays under 5.5, that magic number would become 11 and 1. And it's not going to keep going at that ridiculous pace. But it's a trend that's out there that's been productive. So I figured we'd just throw that out there for you. Fun day today. Thanks to Jeff Sherman from the Superbook over at the Westgate. Don't forget Football Central there on Sundays. Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. I think we'll check back in with Chuck again tomorrow before the Thursday night game. Our friends at Station Casinos, the STN mobile app. And Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com. Thanks to Chris Bavon, our producer back in New York. Scott Farrell is next on the network. Vegas Hockey Hotline's coming up locally. Hope you all have a wonderful day, folks.